This is John from Sugar Track with the Sugar Track Podcast, and our guest today is Erin Wenzel. Hi, Erin. Hello, John. Thanks for coming out. You're very welcome. Glad to be here. So let's um, let's start. tell me about your kids. I have two boys. I have Ryan, who's eight years old, and I have Joshua, who is eleven. Yeah, and Ryan. Ryan has type 1 diabetes. Yes, he does. He was diagnosed when he was three. So we're going on almost six years, actually. Oh, boy. Yeah. Does it seem like a long time? Does it seem like yesterday? Um, it flips. Sometimes yeah. it seems like forever that we've been doing this. Yeah. And other days I'm like, I can't believe how t- how fast time has gone by. <laughs> you know? But. Yeah, yeah. There's that saying about just having kids in general, you know, the... The days are long and the years are short. Yep, definitely. You know, some long days, I imagine. And long nights. <laughs> long nights. <laughs> so um, tell me about when he was diagnosed. Sure. He was, uh, like I mentioned, three years old. He actually had just turned three. So it was right after Halloween. So the week leading up to Halloween, he we thought he was sick. We thought he just had like a little stomach bug. He wasn't feeling well. He was cranky, irritable, um, and drinking a lot of water. That was like the big sign for us was that um, he was drinking like a whole bottle of Poland Spring water and then two minutes later throwing a tantrum because he was still thirsty, wow. and which was a little odd, especially for, you know, a three-year-old. So um, we had about a week of that. Halloween, we took him out trick-or-treating and he made it two houses and he wanted to go home because he didn't feel well. So we went to, Halloween was, I think, a Sunday night. So the next day I called the pediatrician. We went into the pediatrician's office, explained to them his um, symptoms over the past week. And they did, a. Um, I kind of hinted that, you know, I did a little Google search and uh, we were suspecting it could be type 1 diabetes. So they pulled out the finger stick and sure enough, Um, the meter didn't even register. So his blood sugar was too high just even for the meter to register. So from there we went to the local hospital and luckily his blood sugars weren't too over the top, um, that he wasn't in full DKA that he had to stay and be admitted for, you know, a few days, which is what happens in many cases. But, um, yeah, so that was, that was, it was November 1st of 2010. So that was... That was wow. the day the the dynamics of our family changed. <laughs> so the thirst was a little bit of a, a tip-off for you? The thirst was a big tip-off. And from that, obviously, he was urinating a lot. So it was constantly drinking and then constantly using the restroom. Yeah, yeah. Did you, Do you know anybody? Did At the time, did you know anybody else? Not anybody. So Not yeah. a family history. You know, didn't even realize there was a difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Mm, Nothing at all. Yeah, I I know the feeling. So my wife, as you know, has type 1 diabetes. And I I knew basically nothing. Nothing. And I remember thinking um, uh, after she was diagnosed, um, because sometimes she likes to have a breakfast that maybe not... Might, might not be so healthy, and I was like, right. oh. "It's all the times you had apple pie for breakfast." <laughs> like, no, that's nope, no, not no, the case. No, that's uh, the- I'd be one of those ignorant people that you know, relatives of type one people with type one diabetes complain about these days. Well, I mean, we kept telling people too because people would com- comment about that with him. Like, yeah. he was two going on three. Like, his birthday's in September. He literally had just turned three. The kid hated ice cream, chocolate. Anything. The kid lived on hot dogs, yeah. mac and cheese, 
and yeah. um, yogurt. Like he still does to this day, pretty much. So it wasn't a sweet pretty diet. Pretty low glucose yeah. those foods, yeah. So that wasn't it. Wow. And so how has it changed over six years? I mean, so he he was was he talking much? He must have been talking. He was talking. Yeah. He was. You know what? We thought he was starting the terrible twos or still going through the terrible twos threes, you know, that time frame. So we realized after he had lost weight, but we really thought it was a growth spurt, you know, and when he was throwing a tantrum, it was, well, because he's a toddler and he's just being difficult, you know, so we didn't pick up on the, those symptoms as being related to an illness. We kind of chalked it up to him being a typical kid who was growing. So that made it a little difficult. Um, but then when he got diagnosed, he doesn't, he didn't know what his kind of sign is for being low. So everyone's sign is a little bit different. There's, as you know, there's, you know, you get stomachs or you get blurred vision or that sort of thing. He doesn't get any of those symptoms. He actually gets leg pain. Which is something that we wow. had never even heard of before. Um, but we didn't discover that that was his symptom until he was in first grade. So that was three years later. So we went the first three three years of diagnosis without knowing, you know, really only relying on a blood stick test to tell us where his sugars were. Because he couldn't yeah, describe yeah, yeah. his feelings or understand... Yeah. What he was feeling meant that his blood sugars were high or low. What I mean, I'm curious about the leg pain. Is it like his knee? Is it his it, thigh? He, is it we his thought calf? It, you, it? it's it's um. He says they just ache, like they feel. And and since then, I've met one person who um, says they experience the same thing, and they feel like like they run a marathon, like they just get that very achy, tired leg pain. How did you make the connection? Um. We kept asking him, like when his blood sugars were yeah. low, I kept asking him what what he was feeling, and he would always say his legs hurt. But yeah. I never, I once again thought it was like a growing pain type of thing, and it didn't always hurt. Sometimes they hurt. So it took us a while to determine it, but that's what it is. And now he knows the connection, and does he say, my legs hurt, I'm low? Yep. Yeah. He doesn't even say I'm low. He just says my legs hurt. And you're on it. <laughs> <And> I, yep. <laughs> does, does he test himself? He does. Yeah. Okay. He does. So uh, nine. He's nine. He's, he's almost nine. Almost He'll be nine, nine in September. So okay. he's nine, uh, eight and a half now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, so how else has he moved into self-management? He wasn't obviously wasn't testing himself at three. He wasn't right? testing himself. We've gone with the kind of method of if he wants to test, if he wants to bolus, mm-hmm. we will be there to... Um, supervise and make sure that he's doing it, but we don't force it on him. You know, I, I know um, some people want the child to take on management as yeah. young as possible. Um, I'm, I go with, he's going to have to do this for the rest of his life. So even if he's 30 and he's home for Christmas and he wants me to test his blood sugar for him, I will. It's fine. <laughs> you know, you're the one that has to put up with this and doesn't get a vacation. So if I could, yeah. you know, take on the burden a little bit, then I'm fine with that. But he does know how to yeah. do it all independently. But usually he still likes mm-hmm. one of us mm-hmm. to do it. 
And does he ever like say, "No way, you're not, you're not sticking my finger today"? No, he's really good about that. Luckily, yeah. I mean, I'm sure once we hit the teenage years, we'll have that rebellion yeah. pop in. But no, he's he's fine. He's comfortable. We've also always gone with uh, you test wherever you want. We when he mm-hmm. was doing injections, we injected at the restaurant table. Yeah. You know, if needed. Sometimes we go into the restroom, um, but we never like hit it. You know, even when he's with his friends and at school, it was never hidden. It's, it's, everyone knows Ryan has type 1 diabetes. And I think that makes him more comfortable and doesn't care if he pulls out his testing kit and tests. Sure. Any strange looks in restaurants? Oh, yeah. Plenty. <laughs> Plenty. Yeah. And he wears a continuous glucose monitor. And then, of course, he has his, um, he has an insulin pump. So, you know the looks of what's on your arm and what's on around your waist and you know all those sorts of things and yeah and what are the kids at school like about it um i think well it's funny because they like the nurse told me one day she goes i walked into his classroom one day and all the all the kids were like oh ryan the nurse is here for you. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm not here for Ryan. I'm a, there's actually another issue that I'm here for. Yeah. But I mean, all the kids know that, you know, the nurse is usually right there for Ryan and, and they don't really fuss too much with him. We do go in, in the beginning of the year and read a story to the entire class and talk about it. So that way they don't have any, you know, weird looks or, you know, the typical or ask Ryan the strange questions we kind of try to address it right in the beginning of the school year that's neat so yeah was that your idea uh me and the nurse both yeah yeah yeah. so yeah the first within the first couple weeks of school we go in there and read a story a fantastic story it's called the little red sports car and it actually has the analogy of um a car that breaks down that was a automatic transmission and now you have to drive it manually that's great and um yes it's a fantastic book so we read that book because it's at their grade level and then um we just talk to them and let them ask questions about you know whatever they have a question about so usually it's typical like can he still have cupcakes and you know that kind of stuff so does it hurt when you prick your finger you know typical little kid questions which are great that's really great to get it up front and get it out of the way and and yeah yeah so he really hasn't had any negative over it which is good do you know the author of the little red sports car not off the top of my head but i know she's on amazon you can't really find it in like barnes and noble and stuff but if you go on amazon and it's called little she has a couple of them now and they're all diabetes related great great um, we'll, we'll check that out and yeah. put it up on the website. Yeah. Um, do you have a strategy for as you hit the tween years and the teen years? Or Ugh. you just play it by ear day to day? Pray. <laughs> I'm going to be praying a lot. Um, you know what? I think diabetes every day is a day-to-day. I don't think you sure. could really look at long-term. I mean, you want to, you know, think about it from time to time. But every day is different, you know? So sometimes it's hour by hour that year taken on diabetes so uh so yeah yeah no no strategy just praying and hoping that we're doing the right things now so he won't be too rebellious when he gets there (laughs) yeah and it of course it doesn't affect ryan as well it also affects josh right yeah oh yeah that was our big thing even when ryan first got diagnosed because obviously 
you know, Ryan being the younger, he's always kind of gotten the more attention anyways because he's the baby, you know, you kind of, you try not to, to do that, but the older child tends to always think that the babies get more attention anyway. So now we add diabetes on top of it. So um, right off the bat, there was the concern, even the first couple of weeks when you're trying to, you know, get your arms around the management of it. And obviously right in the beginning, you know, Ryan's not thrilled about getting needles every few hours and getting his finger pricked. So there's a lot of crying and, you know, upset and tantrums and all that stuff. And poor Joshua was off in the corner trying to, you know, be the brave big brother. And that was hard. I mean, we definitely picked up on that right away. Um, and he was five at the time? He was five. Yeah, just about six. He was six. He had just turned, yeah, he had just turned six himself. So he was still a baby. Young to be brave. Young, yeah. And uh, so it definitely came, you know, we quickly realized that we needed to make sure that we made Josh a part of it, you know. So um, we tried... We try our best. I don't know if we're always successful, but we've tried our best to, you know, help him understand that it's a family, you know, family's impacted, not just Ryan and try to always, um, comfort Josh, especially when he was younger. Now he could care less. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, he'll make comments to Ryan. Oh, you're acting all crazy. Cause you must be high, you know, kind of thing, and, you know, <laughs> typical <laughs> diabetes humor. But, um, but no, he's, I think he's adjusted well to it too. He's very in tune with Ryan too, you know, and we'll always be on the lookout for Ryan. And, but yeah. he does take a, a side door at times, you know, he's, uh, he's off to the side, especially if Ryan's super low and I'm addressing that and Ryan and Joshua is trying to do homework or do something and you have to tell him to wait because, you know, this is kind of the immediate concern and it's hard. But. Yeah. 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 I, I, I know your kids. I've, I've seen them at diabetes events. They, they just make me smile every time I <laughs> see you. them. I remember, um, the support groups you'd lead at the Middletown yep. elementary school and we'd be say in the cafeteria and having the meeting. I couldn't pay attention because they'd be having fun <laughs> on top of the tables, underneath the tables, they running around. Monkeys. <laughs> they are very, very good kids, but they are very energetic and love to be silly. They definitely do. And they will they will push they will definitely push but no they're excellent kids good kids so you have uh taken a personal role in diabetes i mean you yeah and uh, i mentioned the support group tell me how that's evolved over the last six years so um thanks to my parents i've always been one to volunteer um especially my mom got me involved in volunteering at a young age so i was always like we would volunteer at Special Olympics and the Cancer Society and just whatever was going on, um, we always tried to do our part. So I grew up that way. And um, so, of course, when Ryan got diagnosed, you know, one of my first things was we got to get involved. We got to, how can I volunteer? How could we raise money for this cause um, and get involved with community? So we immediately joined the walk. and. Fortunately, he was diagnosed right after the walk that that particular year. So we had to wait practically a whole year before we attended the walk. And but the walk is the, um, now it's called One Walk, JDRF One Walk. Okay. It used to be referred to as the Walk to Cure Diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have three here in Connecticut, actually two in Connecticut, one in Western Mass. Um, so my family's 
been doing that. This will be our sixth year. So um, we've raised over $30,000 at this point for JDRF, which is fantastic. So um, so we started with that. Then and your walk team is called? Rise Guys. Rise Guys. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, so we do that. And then, like you mentioned, I started a support group in Middletown because there wasn't one locally for us. Um, so I did that for a while. And then if the chapter just needed some support, um, I would I would step in where I could there. So for doing that... And for the chapter is the local JDRF chapter. Correct. Um, so we're Greater Connecticut, Western Mass. And um, then about two years ago, actually this April it will be, there was a position that opened up for an outreach manager at the chapter. So um, I applied for that because... I was kind of doing it anyways as a volunteer. <laughs> so it was nice to, to think that I could even get more involved and be doing this, you know, every day versus just a, as a volunteer project. So um, I applied for the job and I was lucky enough to get it. So I've been at JDRF for two years as the outreach manager for Connecticut. So. Congratulations. And Thank tell you. us about what you do. Tell us about your job. So um, with the, the first step or the, the focus um is bringing in newly diagnosed families. So we have a program called the Bag of Hope program, which is when a um, child first gets diagnosed at one of the local hospitals, they fill out a Bag of Hope form, um, which is sent over to me, and then um, we send them out a backpack, which includes all sorts of information, a testing meter, and Rufus the bear. Um, so Rufus is um, a teddy bear that has diabetes himself, and he has little patches on his arm and his legs where you could um, give injections. Um, and he comes with a storybook to help the child get adjusted and, you know, just kind of be a comfort. Um, so we have that. We also have a similar program for any adult that gets diagnosed. Um, we have a, a similar backpack. doesn't come with teddy bear, but uh, we have a similar program for that too. So then that's our first touch point with the families. Um, and then from there we try to support them however we can. We have a mentoring program. We have um, local support groups that meet. Some meet quarterly, some meet monthly um, around the state. And then we just like let them know of events going on. We recently did a Type One Nation Summit That's that right. you attended. That's right. It was a great event. Which was a, a great event for our chapter here. It was the first one we held. We're already planning our one for next year, so that will be. And you're being modest when you say we, because you were the <laughs> organizer, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you were the whole thing. It was. It was yeah. a lot of work. It was. Yeah. It turned out very well that we were. We had a great time. It did. A great time. We got a lot of people there that don't really connect um, with the chapter too much, with JDRF too much. So I, I think it was a good resource for them as well. Um, so, yeah. So I do some of that. I I'm, I'm kind of oversee the support groups. Um, obviously, we have other events, chapter events, that I um, support and, and help at a staff level with as well. So Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about your role as uh, the 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 point person for newly diagnosed parents. Um, you, you've probably seen dozens of parents over two years and what a, what, um, what a, a difficult transitional, scary point to meet people at and, and, yeah. 
know, how, how would I'm sure there's a variety of reactions, and I'm sure you compare them all to your own. What, what is that <laughs> it like? It was definitely hard in the beginning when I first started with JDRF because any time I started talking to mo- a mom or a dad, my own story kind of, you know, memories of those first, you know, week, say, is, ugh, like, yeah, it's it's dreadful. It's, yeah. I, you, you go through the grieving period, definitely. And I think everyone grieves differently. So um, some people are right in. I mean, I've had a woman, I've had a couple, actually, a couple of parents who day one are like, okay, when's the walk? Like we need to start fundraising. Like, okay, we're forming the walk team. We're on this. Da, 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 da. Then I have other people who are like, I don't want to, don't even talk to me. Like I'm, you know, no, absolutely not. And I never, not that you never hear from them again, but usually about a year later then they're, they kind and that's kind of how I was. And that's how I, I try to do my job almost. It's like I try to do that initial touch point and then I do not press because it's, it's a hard, it's a big adjustment. And some people just need to, you know, focus as a family and get through that, that initial stage before they could outwardly kind of say, okay, we want to be a part of the community and we want people to be aware of this and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, everyone has their own reaction, definitely. But yeah. it's hard. And there's some there's some sad stories out there. I mean, there's some ones that, you know, like us, we were very fortunate. We kind of caught it early. We went to the doctors. He was in the hospital for like five hours. And he came home. And granted, we needed to do injections. And, you know, I went, I used to say I went through like, you know, certified nurse training in a matter of eight hours. It was like crazy. Um, But then you hear other sad stories where, you know, these kids end up passing out and they're in a coma and, uh, you know, it's, it's sad. It's sad. And there's other family, you know, health issues going on. And now they have this compounded by that. And it's. It's difficult sometimes to listen, I have to say. It's, it makes the job hard at times, but it's worth yeah. it. I feel re- like I'm rewarded because yeah. I do feel yeah. like I'm helping. I finally yeah. have a job where I'm giving back and I'm helping. Yeah, no question about yeah. that. Are you, um, I mean, you make, that, you, make, uh, you make that initial contact, you reach out, and, and then, uh, I mean, are you handing out your phone number? Say, call me whenever. Pretty or? much. We also have a mentor program. So, um, we have trained mentors. So I try to, um, match them up with someone I think would be compatible. So just because it, it, it is difficult though, it's not as easy as you think, cause you would think, okay, well, Hey, this, these two families live in the same town they're going to get along great, not a problem, you know, but it's, it doesn't work that way. And sometimes even the children don't get along. So sometimes, you know, just because the two boys are the same age doesn't mean that they click. Sometimes it's a little boy ends up being, you know, being more friendly and connecting more with a girl who's two years older, you know, so it, 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 it's a tough, thing to to do to pair people up but our mentor program is basically trained mentors who have been living and dealing with type 1 diabetes for at least a year or two but usually even longer than that Um, so then when a newly diagnosed family 
um, comes to us, if I'm not communicating with them, I could pass them off to the mentor to at least do a touch point initially, you know, just be there to listen, to say, I, I get it. You know, where, where a lot of your immediate family would be like, oh, that's too bad. And okay. But you know what? It's not cancer. He'll be fine. Okay. Yes, it isn't cancer, but it's also turning our lives upside down and it's a lifelong disease. There's no cure for it. There's complications if you don't manage it well. You know, it is a big, important, massive change to, you know, a child in the family. So yes, there's things that are worse, but it's, it's not, you know, uh, I don't know, a paper cut. <laughs> well, know? no, it's, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, people who don't live it don't really know. Yeah. You know, um, it, 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 at this point, it won't kill you, right? Right. And at this point, that the treatments, the technology is there so that you can do everything you want, mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, you know, sports. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I use my wife as an example. She uh, she's an endurance athlete, so she has um, competed in some big events with diabetes. She's had two children with diabetes, right. um, but still, you know, life is life right and you've only got so much capacity and when you spend a good chunk of that managing this condition yeah. that you know that takes away from other stuff it's a, it's a tax yep. on on your on on just you know physical all your emotional and, yeah, oh, yeah definitely yeah. yeah good good well thank you for what you do with jdirf thank you for coming in today um i've been speaking with Aaron Aaron wenzel um, mother of Joshua and Ryan, and Ryan uh, has had type 1 diabetes for um, six years. And Aaron also works for the uh, local chapter of JDRF. Uh, tell us your position again. I'm the outreach manager for Greater Connecticut Western Mass. Great. Great. Well, thanks again, Aaron. Thank you, John.